Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is Tuesday, 308 Drive Time with DeRussia. Jason with you and another retirement announcement from the state legislature. Another representative who's been around for a while, a Republican known for getting things done. Ten times elected on behalf of the people of Farmington. Pat Garofalo is with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Pat, thanks for being with us. Uh, what's going on? Why are you retiring after after 20 years in the Minnesota House? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Jason. Uh, I think the answer to your question is embedded in the question because I've been here 20 years. That's why, Jason. So I uh, I never thought that I would be in elected office this long. Uh, I ended up going longer than I expected, but just short answer is I feel like uh, it's, I've kind of done my part. I served my sentence, and it's time to uh, give someone else a chance at uh, public policy leadership in the in the district that I represent. It's been, a, it's been an honor. I've uh, it's. I tell people I I wish I could explain this to everyone, but it is both the greatest gift you can give anyone to be able to represent people in elected office, and it is also the worst thing ever sometimes <laughs> so it's uh but i really i enjoy what, learning what about it discovery. it's a great job what about it uh, have the worst parts about it gotten worse over recent years um well i think it's fair to say that both political parties are getting increasingly dominated by less compromising more extremist elements um and you certainly see it more when a party is has total control and they're governing. So whether you look at um, other states where Republicans are in total control or you look at Minnesota right now with the Democrats in total control, it is the um, it's the hardest, farthest extremist elements that are dominating the public policy debate that are getting the most clicks on social media and are getting their way. And uh, that's certainly it's not in the tradition of Minnesota. And it's really not something I'm interested in doing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, and again, and I can, I can, you know, I'm not running again. I can just be 100 percent blunt. Right. I mean, you, you see this happening in all Republican states and you see it in all Democrat states, too. And sadly, that's where that's where Minnesota is right now. Yeah, it's not unique to Minnesota, which is part of, I think, what makes a lot of us sad that we used to uh, be able to say, you know, we have. Uh, people on the right and people on the left who, when they see a good idea, will work together to get that good idea implemented. And exactly. I think that's still, 100%. yeah, it still happens, okay. Pat, but it's not very often. I mean, if you, if you look at Minnesota, for example, I mean, we are a geographically isolated cold weather state that historically has been successful. And that history is not based off of ideology, it's based off of doing a better job of cooperating and working together than other states. And so now that we have adopted, and just to be clear, it's like, it's easy for me to be critical of 
the Democrats and total control of Minnesota. But you can make the same arguments about states that are all Republican. You know, Minnesota's policies now are mimicking a colder version of Illinois. And that just that is not bode well for our future. And we would be much better off if in our culture and in our institutions, we had more Minnesotans involved in the decision making than just 50 percent plus one. Pat Garofalo is with us. Kurt Dowd announcing he is leaving. You announcing you are leaving. Part of it, I look at this and I'm like, am I just looking at, you know, my 20 years of covering news in Minnesota? I think of you two as Republicans who are uh, outspoken, forthright. You know, certainly if you ask the left, I don't think they'd say, oh, these these two are, you know, centrist. I don't know that you would describe yourself as centrist. But I feel like both of you guys have been uh, uh, sort of like the politicians I was raised with in in suburban Chicago, where getting stuff done was more important than getting the win. Is that fair? Um, I think, you know, everyone's their own individual. And certainly I have I'm a conservative who on occasion votes independently, Um, you know, as long as on social media, I've got 10 percent telling everyone I'm a right wing lunatic. And then I got 10% telling everyone I'm a rhino, left-wing, liberal Republican. As long as I got those extremes both yelling at me, I'm exactly where I want to be. So I feel pretty pretty comfortable. But in terms of, you know, where things are at and where things are going, um, you know, I think it's for those that follow the budget process very closely, you can see that after the election in 24, uh, 2025 is going to be an extraordinarily challenging budget for whoever gets elected. Um, the surplus has all been spent. It's all gone. Um, we don't have deficits anymore. We just have um, structural imbalances, I guess. <laughs> but um, regardless of who wins, there's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of challenges in Minnesota with how to how to balance the budget. And I think that um, certainly those who are coming in are going to have they're going to face some. Cha- um, it's going to be difficult. And um, we'll see how we'll see how what Minnesotans choose in November and how that goes forward. But I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing members of both sides of the aisle kind of say, well, you know, now's a good time to move on to something else. Pat Garofalo with us here on CCO at 315. Pat, you are one of the people really uh, working towards uh, legalizing sports gambling here in Minnesota. Do you see any hope for getting that done before you retire at the end of your term uh, or, or are you not hopeful for that? It is funny that like, you know, I've worked on education reform, cutting taxes, education, you know, um, energy policy, all these the workforce development that all everyone wants to talk about is sports gambling. And I love it. I love it because, um, it's uh, I'm a big fan of it. I mean, it's, it's one of those like small things that we should be able to get done. I think that's uh, it, right? Like it's not, and I I take my share of responsibility for this too. It's a lot easier to grab onto some of this. I, I don't want to say low hanging fruit because all of it does impact people's lives, but getting your arms around education policy is a lot more work for the regular person than saying, why can't I place a bet on a Vikings game? Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. Kind of teasing you a little yeah, bit, there, yeah. Jason. But the uh, I own it. I think that I own it. yeah. Here's the here's the thing: is that sports gambling, like who gets to offer it, just isn't that controversial. That's not the problem. The problem is that um, there's concern that, however, the framework is established for sports gambling, 
that's going to be the framework that is used for iGaming. You know, the idea that you'll be able to bet on your phones like you can in Michigan or Pennsylvania, you know, slot machines, craps, and stuff like that. And that concerns a lot of people. So sports gambling, not that big of a deal, but that's there's a concern that that'll be the foundation for um, iGaming. And because of the structure we have for gaming right now in Minnesota, you can understand why they're justifiably concerned. I would like to see us get something done. Um, that being said, I also understand that while it may be an important issue to me, and, and it's a fun issue to talk about, that there's going to be uh, a lot more pressing concerns for the legislature, especially just getting the getting the um, school resource officers back in the school. I think that's, you know, it's going to be really hard to talk about anything else until we get that done. So, but we'll see. I, I hope we can. Do you, do you, is there someone else you, you look to who you think will sort of grab the framework or take grab the mantle on that issue? Oh, I don't want to poison the reputation by associating it with me. <laughs> but I do know that, like, in the Senate, Jeremy Miller, in the House, uh, Zach Stevenson, uh, they've both been um, spending a lot of time, um, you know, trying to get the stakeholders together. But you can you can understand that if, if it's just sports gambling, that's pretty easy. But when you start thinking about the future and the digitization of gaming, and all you got to do is look at the numbers out of Michigan yeah. to see where – more wagers are placed online than in person in for Michigan. Sure. That's going to be, it's pretty controversial. So I want to play for you what former governor Tim Pawlenty uh, said about you during Chad's show, just within the last half hour. Here's the former governor. The G force is my nickname for him. He is a great guy. I've known him a long, long time and he's just a no BS. You know, what you see is what you get person. And he's also talented and he's been there a long time, but uh, you know, the place is frustrating he wants to get things done. He's practical. He's pragmatic. And I'm sure he's at a point where, particularly if he has to look at continuing to serve in the minority when you don't have a lot of you know, final decision-making authority, um, he just had enough. And I would say he has served Minnesota extremely well. He's a talented person and can do a lot of stuff. We're lucky to have had him in the legislature. And I wish he had even a bigger political future. He's a, he's a, dec- he's a wonderful person, but he's also just a very pragmatic public servant. And I wish we had a lot more like him. These days in the Republican Party, I'm not sure if that's an endorsement that helps or hurts, but that sure is nice. You know, I got it. I, I didn't hear uh, the governor say that. I'm actually like really honored. Like I'm kind of like tearing up a little bit here. He's a, you know, he's a, obviously the, he's the last Republican to win statewide in our state. And um, I have nothing but good things to say about him, but for, you know, for Tim Pawlenty to, um, give those compliments to me. That really means it's like one of the most important compliments I've gotten in elected office. That means a lot to me. And in your, and if someone thinks that Tim Pawlenty saying that about you is anything other than a compliment, then the problem is with the person, yeah. not with that. I mean, yeah. he's a really, really good dude. And wow, I, I, I had not, um, I'm, as soon as I get the phone with you, I'm going to call and I'm going to have to haze them a little bit or something. So, so, <laughs> well, I'm um, glad we played that. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, we played for that. Sharing that. I had not heard that. Well, I really respect uh, Tim Pawlenty as well. So when, when he said that in a, a compliment like that, I thought uh, for sure it was worth getting a reaction to and playing it again. Representative Pat Garofalo from Farmington. Hearing that, I know you've been asked before if you had interest in running for any sort of higher office. Will you run for something again, or is your time in politics done? Well, um, I want to make a difference, but my uh, I will not be doing that in the form of running for any other form of elected office. It's a, you know, I'm a 
I'm a computer geek who's an extrovert. It took a really unique series of events for a guy like me to get elected. And it took an even more unique series of events for me to stay in office this long. But uh, no, I think it's, you know, in terms of elected office, this will do it. But I am going to try to find um, an opportunity just to make a difference and make Minnesota better. That's all I really want to do. And uh, I'm a little bit nervous leaving without a plan. You know, (laughs) I can I can just do my network engineering and be happy with that. But you don't um, have the you don't have the giant Kurt Dowd big time money Washington D.C. job lined up. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know what Kurt's doing, but uh, um, no, I'm not going to I'm not doing that. I'm not going to D.C. And I uh, like I said, I don't uh, I don't have a particular plan right now. But um, I think you know the time for me to serve in elected office that phase of my life is done, and now we'll see what uh, we'll see what opportunities are out there that I can apply for. And I just again, it's all about. Um, I just want to make a difference, right? I, like like most Minnesotans do. I just want to make a difference, and that's uh, that's what I want to spend my time doing in the you know next ten or fifteen years that I spend working. Well, I've enjoyed uh, our chats and enjoyed following you on social media as well. All these years, you're one of the first uh, who uh, elected officials really talking about the experience of owning a Tesla, and uh, it's <laughs> fascinating to me that today that's become such a political issue when really. You're looking at new technology. I'm a bit of a tech geek myself. Like, you look at the advance here. You look at the opportunity. To me, it's a little surprising that that, I guess, everything's (laughs) become political. But, like... Oh, it's funny. Like, when I I bought my car... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. In 2014, when I bought my car, both the Star Tribune and the Pioneer Press did a story (laughs) on the new Republican chair driving an electric car. Like... This was news. <laughs> and, yeah. and whenever anyone wants to make the Tesla political, I'm like, hey, I just bought it because it goes fast, looks cool, and pollutes less. I just think it's neat. You know, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't understand the controversy. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jason. I don't, uh, some of the stuff I don't understand. But I, I still have my Tesla, and I love it. And I think everyone should buy one because they're awesome. But well, do what you want to do. That's right. That's right. Uh, Good talking to you. Congratulations. I know it's always a big deal. As someone who has changed uh, careers in midlife, it's always a little scary, uh, but exciting, too. So good luck to you as you uh, figure it out and keep serving over this uh, next couple of months. Will we'll do it. Thanks for having me on. Pat Garofalo with us here on CCO. Just making news today, announcing uh, that he's stepping down. That part of the state is very Republican. Pat Garofalo has won his last two elections by, I think, a margin of like 62-38. So it's a pretty safe Republican seat. It shouldn't have implications. But we'll see. Elections happen. We'll see uh, who the candidates are going forward. 323. We'll take a break and be right back here on Drive Time. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So last hour, Chad was talking about the Good Samaritan, uh, and uh, Susie had it in the top of the hour news as well. It's it's an astonishing story. the 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 guy who sees this truck driver who who crashed into a river, you know, it's it's zero degrees, it's freezing, it's Monday morning, Monday afternoon rather, sees uh 
a truck plunging into the Crow River. This is right by Rogers, uh, Highway 101, that area. So the northwest suburbs. Truck driver's 25 years old, hits the guardrail. And this 46-year-old guy from Otsego, Christopher Kirk, just gets down there and just gets in it. Uh, Lots of people have been texting in with their own stories of helping or being helped. Uh, I'd love to hear more of those at 651-461-9226. One texter writing uh, that when they were in fifth grade, their teacher passed out. She ended up being fine, but somehow a few of those fifth graders kind of kicked into action, sent somebody for help. And the texter's saying that it does sort of reinforce that in moments of crisis, a lot of times that help instinct kicks in. Uh, It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing when you think of someone in crisis, especially like it's one thing if you are in your office and somebody goes down. My in-laws were just on a flight back from Vegas, and someone passed out. They stopped breathing. Not just passed out, they stopped breathing. And they do the, you know, is there a medical professional on the flight? And there was a nurse right there, an emergency room nurse, who stepped up and started helping. Now, that's an ER nurse. It seems like whenever they call for medical professionals on a flight, there's always someone. (laughs) Just sort of statistically, I guess it checks out. It sort of makes sense. But you think about regular people kind of when they jump in and when they help. And I think that you can read those stories and hear those stories and beat yourself up a little bit. You know, when I first uh, heard this story, I thought like, gosh, I don't know that I would do what Chris Kirk did. Um, I, I, but I don't know if you asked Chris Kirk two weeks ago if he would do this, he'd probably say, "I, I don't, I don't know." Like I hope I would, but I don't know. Um, I guess we're all lucky that that instinct is somewhere within enough people where they feel the instinct and then also take the action. It's pretty remarkable. Uh, If you've had those kind of moments, love to hear them. 651-461-9226. We're going to do traffic and weather together in just a minute. And then we'll talk with Chris Saliza, who joins us often on Drive Time to kind of analyze political uh, events. He's been a political analyst for a long time, writing for the Washington Post and for... uh, an analyst on CNN, and now he writes his own uh, newsletter, uh, his own Substack. But he joins us to tell us some of the takeaways from Iowa. And if this means the Republican Party is essentially done, that it is now the party of Donald Trump. We'll talk to Chris Liz about Iowa in just a minute here on Drive Time. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.